Hi there and welcome to Mining the Comments, in which we'll look at a really insightful comment slash question from Thomas. And we have a little bonus question to actually two bonus questions as well. So yeah, without further ado, let us let us look at a comment that came in this week from Thomas. Here it is. Uh, it is a, is a, it's, a, it's a comment to the episode about sleep monitoring, which was uh, Money's episode. So Thomas wrote seven days ago, hey, Daniel, I have a question. I started watching your videos around six, seven months ago. Additionally, I read uh, your and your books and two other books about sleep and CBTI, ACT. It all makes sense for me, and I understand sleep so much better now. You also always say education is key, but I have the feeling that your channel has become kind of a safe zone for me. I think it would be time to take a sleep detox for some weeks to do the final step in recovery. So my question is, how do you know if watching videos about sleep is education or more reassurance seeking? Because sometimes I think I'm watching your videos to avoid my anxiety. And yeah, I thought this was a really, really insightful question. And I and it's one that actually I get quite often, which is somebody says, hey, Diane, I'm watching a lot of your videos, but I'm, I'm starting to feel like maybe it's too much. Maybe maybe uh, kind of like, maybe it's not helpful for me anymore. And I would say what Thomas is onto here, I think is the reason why it can be a little bit tricky because as odd as it may sound, you know, seeking reassurance can often uh, lead us to where we don't want to be actually. We all want to be at a place of like peace, peace of mind, right? And the thing is that when we feel, let's say anxious and we, when we think, oh, I have to do something to not feel anxious, then we're inadvertently teaching our brain that anxiety is like a threat, a danger, something it should be avoiding. And in doing so, it just like our brain starts to monitor more for Am I anxious? Oh, here's anxiety again. And like, you know, monitoring for anxiety makes us anxious and, and seeking reassurance again teaches the brain that there's something to be anxious about, something like that. So the, the question is very, very insightful. Now, on the other hand, education is helpful. Like it's, it's helpful to learn. It's also nice on our channel. We often have guests uh, who have left the insomnia so it can give us kind of hope and inspiration so at what point do we know if like we should kind of like tone down tuning in or, or if it's okay to tune in i would say this that often we have this kind of like inner compass if 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 you're thinking about like hey maybe i should check out uh, you know the, the sleep coach school's uh, youtube channel and if that feels sort of like low energy it feels like it just feels nice then i think there's no no struggle there it's, it's just like something we feel like doing you know we feel like learning we feel like you know he hearing some story of hope and inspiration that's nice if it sort of feels like high energy if it's like thinking of like maybe i should turn the chance we feel like kind of like oh that puts us kind of on edge we feel like a little bit tense or something like that then i think then there is an effort there to try to escape um uh, you know, an uncomfortable feeling. And it, it's an invitation to say, you know what, maybe I'll sit with this feeling instead. It was actually one of our um, members of our community, Andrew, who talked about this kind of low energy, low energy, high energy, that can be a real nice guide. Whenever we are thinking of doing something and it feels kind of low energy, then it's probably like not an effort. If it feels kind of high energy, it's probably an effort. So I think that would be my answer to let that guide us and, and the insight behind it, very, very helpful. Uh, so Thomas, yeah, um, hope that made sense. And if you take the sleep detox, you know, do come back and let us know how things are going. That'd be really nice. Now, I have another set of two, like two questions I want to answer today. And um, 
they're from Naomi. Quick backstory. Naomi is actually a, uh, a, a previous client of mine in Bedtime who graduated a, a while back, and, and quite recently, actually. And I sent her a message on Instagram and said, hey, Naomi, uh, by the way, um, uh, you know, hope, hope you're doing good. And would you mind, uh, you know, sending a review to the App Store? Because those are so valuable. So I reached out to her. And then she said, yeah, sure, of course, I'll send a review. But I have some questions for you. And then it was kind of like it's a funny moment. We're like, I asked for a favor. And then she's like, well, I'm now I'm asking you for a favor. And I'm like, of course, of course, this is like, you know, fair enough. Of course, I want to help with this. So uh, I have two questions from Naomi that I promised I would uh, look at today. And so let's take a look at this question from Naomi. So Naomi says, I don't have the hype browser like before, but I'm also not yet in the peace of mind place. You said in your video that the brain is a survival machine and it doesn't know the difference between a real threat and a perceived one, and it wants to protect you. But if you look the other way around, does that mean that the brain won't let you stay awake forever because it also wants to protect you? I'm really trying to find trust in my body again, even though I have a good night, I'm still afraid of the next night. So yeah, very insightful question. And I think the, the short answer to, to this question in my mind is yes, uh, it will always make sure that we sleep. You know, we may not understand completely why, you know, why we sleep, but I think my personal belief is that it is this like synaptic homeostasis that we, we need sleep to go kind of offline so the, the brain can kind of process memories and, you know, prune memories, et cetera. So I think that's, that's uh, I think that's the main reason why we have sleep. And it's very preserved. You know, birds sleep and mammals sleep and, you know, we all sleep, which means that if it wasn't something that was important, you know, evolution would probably have found at least a couple of species that just got, got away with it, like just didn't sleep at all and found some evolutionary niche where that was beneficial, right? So I think, you know, sleep has a purpose, obviously. And yes, we always sleep. Sooner or later, the brain makes sure, makes sure that we sleep. But in a way, it's sort of a different part of the brain, if you will, than that brain, that part of the brain that is confused. I, I, I think of it this way, that we have this safety part in our brain that is confused when we have insomnia and that thinks that, you know, being awake is a threat and it keeps us awake so it can monitor, it can be, you know, uh, vigilant, et cetera, et cetera. That part of the brain is the one that keeps us awake. And that part, that safety part of the brain may not necessarily even want us to sleep because it thinks that it's dangerous to sleep because then we can't, you know, keep an eye out on the threat, you know? Uh, but, you know, other parts of the brain are at work too. And other parts of the brain make sure that sleep happens. So yes, I think uh, the, the short answer there is yes. Yes. The brain makes sure, makes sure that we sleep, but maybe not the same part of the brain that you know, keeps us awake because it's kind of that safety center, right? And and I hopefully, like understanding this and seeing it this way can help with that trust. Because when we know that, you know, something that's helped so many people is seeing that no matter what happens, I know I'll sleep. You know, and that uh, and 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 that can help us sort of uh, trust the brain again and, and see that it, it always does. You know, uh, even when we're struggling, it's actually doing exactly what it's designed to do. It's keeping us awake because it thinks we're under threat, but sleep always happens, you know, when it needs to sleep. And uh, it's just that confusion again that creates some struggle. So yeah, hope that helped. And then there was one more question here. Um, uh, I had one question. If you would have to explain to someone what insomnia is, how would you explain it? 
which I'm going to do in a second. But before that, also a comment on even though I, if I have a good night, I'm still afraid of the next night. You know, I want to say this is very, very common. And it shows that as odd as it may sound, uh, insomnia is not actually a sleep problem. You know, it's not actually about sleep. We have so many students that are like saying, oh, I've slept a normal amount for like two weeks, three weeks, but I'm still really worried about sleep. To me, that person still has insomnia because, the, you know, worries about sleep are, you know, consuming that person's day. And what can be helpful to see is that we, you know, we, we can see that, okay, I might, I might worry even if I sleep more, which can actually be helpful because it takes us away from chasing sleep. And the less we try to sleep, the, the easier sleep happens. So that can be, that can be helpful. But the other thing th that can explain this is in thinking of insomnia as a phobia again, like let's say we uh, are afraid of spiders, right? We can think that if we just avoid spiders, we would be fine. But in fact, that doesn't happen. In fact, often the more we are trying to avoid spiders, the more we just, um, reinforce the idea that spider is dangerous and we can have avoided spiders for like, you know, weeks, months, but we're still really, really scared. We just think about spiders all the time. And similarly, when it comes to insomnia, we can have quote unquote avoided wakefulness at night. We have slept, but the idea that being awake at night is still a threat. We have not really kind of fully being willing to expose ourselves to it in a way, you know? So we can see that it's, we, we can, we can still, we can sleep and quote unquote avoided wakefulness but still be really afraid of not sleeping, still have insomnia. And, and this is just, again, understanding. And when we see that, aha, uh -huh, what really will change things is that is, is sort of like when I become willing to expose myself to what I've been afraid of, which is being awake at night and the feelings that come with it, when I'm willing to experience being awake and experience being anxious, then I'm teaching my brain that there are no real threats here and then things become much easier. And then finally... If somebody asked me, like, what is insomnia? I would say that insomnia is a self-perpetuating and ongoing struggle that happens when our brain is confused and has started to think that wakefulness at night is a threat. That's basically how I would define it. And so, yeah, I hope that, hope that was helpful to you, Naomi, and anyone else tuning in here. Um, uh, and with that said, I will just wish everyone a nice and peaceful weekend. Uh, take it easy, uh, and I, I look forward to having you back here next week. That was all for this one. Bye now.